From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. This next hour is important and necessary because the mainstream media isn't doing its job. Not only is it not reporting on allegations of fraud during the recent U.S. election, it is, in fact, suppressing this information. You'll hear the news refer to allegations of fraud as unfounded. That's an editorial statement. That's opinion. It also happens to be false. There is evidence being presented before state legislatures, before the courts, evidence that has been turned over to the FBI. So these are not unfounded accusations of fraud. They are alleged incidents of fraud, and they should be reported as such. Will these allegations be proven? We don't know yet. That's why they're called allegations. To call them unfounded is, again, fraudulent and inexcusable and journalistic malfeasance. My guest this hour is here to address these allegations. He believes strongly as to why that there was widespread, orchestrated, systematic fraud in the U.S. election. Jeffrey Prather is a retired Army officer, ex-DEA special agent, former DIA intelligence officer turned whistleblower, and he was then targeted by the U.S. government. In addition to hosting his own call-in weekly radio program, The Prather Point, He's also a martial arts master and teacher, Apache wisdom teacher, kinetic quotient creator and trainer, firearms and horsemanship instructor, published author, Screen Actors Guild film actor, speaker, father, husband, and chaplain. Jeffrey Prather, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, introduce you to my listeners, those not familiar with uh, you and your resume, which is very impressive. Tell me a little bit about what you did at the Defense Intelligence Agency. Uh, I was a um, Army officer uh, commissioned back in 1984, military intelligence branch, and uh, because I was already airborne uh, and spoke Spanish, I went straight into Special Operations Command at Fort Bragg and worked as a psychological operations officer, which attached me often to the Rangers and Special Forces, Green Berets. And so I commanded an airborne operational detachment that would attach to them. And then eventually I went over to uh, 2nd Battalion, 7th Special Forces Group, uh, went on to uh, 2nd uh, Infantry Brigade uh, in Korea, and then I left active duty became a DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration, Special Agent, Special Operations, Snowcap Operator, Primary Firearms Instructor, and uh, then was recruited into the um, Foreign Operations Group of the Army, which eventually became the Foreign Intelligence Activity, which eventually was rolled into the Defense Intelligence Agency uh, with all the uh, human, human intelligence branch uh, services where I was an intelligence collector, intelligence analyst, and eventually I was uh, the chief of global operations. And you turned whistleblower. What what prompted you to blow the whistle? On which branch and for what? So I was uh, a senior special agent with the Drug Enforcement Administration. Uh, That was my uh, full-time job, and I left active duty as a captain 
and went into the reserves, and that's when I was recruited in, into the DIA, just so that uh, everybody understands that. And uh, I was a um, pretty accomplished special agent. I had a Early on in my career, I had a 4,000-pound um, marijuana seizure. I had a 2,000-pound cocaine seizure. Um, and I was working the extradition uh, of the first Sinaloan uh, cartel leader out of Mexico, which would have been uh, a game changer because up until then, they were able to uh, live in palatial prisons and get out whenever they wanted to. So extradition to the United States was a, a total sea change, title change uh, for them. And so I was extraditing um, Miguel Caracintero, brother of Rafael, who tortured and murdered our agent Kiki Camarena. It's very famous. There's all kinds of movies and books and songs about that. Uh, and as I worked that case, I uh, found that uh, the – the greatest difficulty was my own government, and uh, they just kept throwing up obstacles. And in 2003, uh, with the second Gulf War, I was activated by the Army to serve uh, in the DIA uh, with their counterterrorism operations group because they wanted dual credentialed folks. They wanted people who were credentialed. Uh, there's only a few of us credentialed with the DIA and also credentialed as a gun and badge carrier with the DEA. And uh, so I went to work doing that. Uh, but in the meantime, my source uh, was kind of left out in the cold. And eventually, because no one was working him and he had risked his life. Um, and so he was he decided he was going to threaten to sue the administrator of DEA, which at that time was Michelle Leonard. And prior to that had been Karen Tandy, both of which I had worked with uh, when they were attorneys at the Department of Justice. And so uh, I had a cell in the Pentagon and the, and the DEA headquarters is right across from the Pentagon. So they asked me to come over. So I went over and I met with the uh, head of confidential sources uh, and he was all worried about this. And I was like, and I showed him the file and the paperwork. He was like, no, there's no way you can do this. This is not what we agreed to. He was trying to get a $5 million State Department reward, which had nothing to do with the Drug Enforcement Administration. But I made the comment that, but Michelle Leonard and Karen Tandy basically destroyed my extradition case by having me pay this source hundreds of thousands of dollars early, uh, which reduced the reason for him to ever come to the United States uh, or rather, when the extradition happened for the informant, the source to come forward and testify. And I went back to work and I did my year of active duty and I returned to my uh, DEA job then in Tucson. And uh, all of a sudden I was under investigation by OPR, Office of Professional Responsibility, which is what most people would call internal affairs. And uh, <clears throat> they went after me for five years. They coached witnesses. They uh, perjured. They lied about me. Uh, they moved me to New York. Uh, and eventually they fired me one year from retirement without ever, 19 years on the job, without ever having a bad evaluation. And both my Tucson supervisors and my New York supervisors had praised me and also had protested against uh, the treatment that was happening to me. And it took me a while to figure out what happened. 
But I had also been a liaison agent to ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms. And um, that's where Fast and Furious started, where uh, under Clinton and Obama, uh, they started running guns south. And eventually it turned out that um, while ATF was running guns south, uh, the DEA had made a deal with the Sinaloan cartel, of, of which I was at, uh, extraditing a uh, main leader uh, to, in exchange for the guns, run drugs north as long as they were reporting on other cartels. And, of course, you can't do that because you're a drug runner. Um, that's why when I would do undercover work, or uh, you'd have to take the drugs off so you had them in evidence when you went to trial. Otherwise, you're just a drug runner. Uh, so in the Niebla Zambada trial in federal court, DEA agents eventually raised their hands and swore under oath that they did indeed have a deal with the Sinaloan cartel to run drugs uh, north. And so um, it took me a long time to figure this out, and I uh, ended up comparing notes with other whistleblowers. Uh, Vince Cefalu of the ATF was a great whistleblower, and John Dotson. Uh, but eventually I figured out uh, what was going on, and it was a real rough time. I was never charged and I've never ever been convicted of anything but they slandered me they released a false report uh, they leaked it uh, and they had uh, all kinds of uh, trolls uh, troll me uh, but eventually I uh, started seeing this same template used and I've now seen it used with uh, Judge Kavanaugh I've seen it used on President Trump I've seen it used on other whistleblowers uh, and I started doing you know, speeches and TV shows and radio shows. And, and I would tell people what was going to happen. And people would ask me, well, how can you know? And I'm like, well, because it was done to me. Um, so that's kind of my, uh, my story. So I want to delve into this battle that's taking behind the scenes uh, for the Republic. Jeffrey Prather, my guest. And uh, before we proceed, how do we listen to uh, your radio program? The Prather Point. Uh, I'm on. I'm still on YouTube at the moment, Jeffrey Prather. I'm also on my own uh, website, JeffreyPrather.com, and it's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-P-R-A-T-H-E-R.com. And I'm also on Twitter, Parler, uh, Instagram, uh, Periscope, uh, Facebook, and my books are on Amazon. Uh, and uh, so that's how you can reach me. Terrific. All right. I want to dive in and talk now about. Uh, Dominion voting systems, which of course is at the center of the the U.S. allegation or U.S. election fraud allegations, headquartered here in Canada, um, and there is a report that in October of this year, the parent company of Dominion, Staple Street Capital, uh, was paid four hundred million dollars by a Swiss bank uh, that has strong connections, supposedly, with the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, what have you heard about this, and is there any any truth to it? Uh, yeah, there there is truth to that. There were several uh, hundred hundreds of million uh, dollar uh, payments, and they do go back to the Chinese party. And that also goes, and also the Dominion offices uh, have been vacated, and the CEOs have uh, disappeared, and some of the machines uh, have been wiped, and some of, I believe the machines in Georgia were stolen. Uh, and that also ties back 
to a um, Chinese company called Akami uh, as well. So these uh, Dominion voting tabulating systems that were used in something like 28 states, the allegation again is that that perhaps millions of votes being tabulated by these machines were flipped from Trump to Biden. Do you have a an understanding of the the mechanism for that? How that the software could be designed to do something like that? Uh, so that goes into um, cyber uh, intelligence and cyber uh, warfare, uh, and <clears throat> there's lots of other whistleblowers out there now. Uh, Montgomery and Bill Binney of the uh, uh, NSA. And I've worked with the NSA a lot, and that's the largest uh, agency in uh, the intelligence community. It's not the CIA like most people think. And they developed um, uh, cyber algorithms uh, that could uh, change vote ratios and came forward and said that. And it was Admiral Rogers who was running the NSA when Trump came in, who went to Trump and said that, um, hey, they are wiretapping you. And that technology uh, under the Obama administration uh, was taken and used. It's, it was supposed to be used against our enemies, America's enemies uh, overseas, but it has uh, turned around and been used uh, internally, just like the shadow net system in PSYOPs um, has uh, occurred as well. And uh we see that pattern now over and over and over again um, happening. Uh, but that was uh, the investigation, I think, was in 2018 uh, for, through Staple Street Capital, and that's also been confirmed. And I just talked about this on my show the other day, um, and that's also been confirmed through SEC investigations. And those voting machines are operating in, uh, I think, 28, 29 uh, states. <clears throat> And uh, it was $400 million. Uh, and what's really important to go back that, and I analyzed this uh, on my show the other day, uh, is uh, UBS Securities is a Swiss investment bank. And that owns about 25% of UBS Securities uh, uh, company, LTD, which is actually a Chinese investment bank. And when you go into China, it's all uh, state owned state capitalism. It's not individually owned. So 25% is owned by UBS Securities, which is a Chinese investment bank. The other 75% uh, is owned uh, by Beijing, Guangxin, UBS, which comes back to China, Guangdong, uh, Com Communications Group, China, Guangdong, and uh, Kofco Group. So basically... The entire company is owned by uh, communist Chinese uh, economic espionage front groups. In uh, 2019, I believe, uh, Democratic Senators Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren uh, both wrote letters uh, raising this issue, raising uh, security concerns about Dominion. And I believe even CNN did an investigative report about Dominion this may have been around 2018. Uh, 
So why all of a sudden are Democrats and CNN not concerned about Dominion when they were so clearly concerned about it one year ago, two years ago? Well, you have to understand um, what is happening. And, you know, my uh, career was in the military. My entire career was under the executive branch, which was military uh, intelligence and federal law enforcement. And a lot of people view this stuff in terms of politics or in federal in terms of criminality and law enforcement. But um, uh, I've been the longest I've worked as as an intelligence officer. And this is really not uh, politics or criminality. It's really warfare. And after the first Gulf War, so we always have uh, all major nation states have officers uh, observing each other fight war so we can see tactics, techniques, uh, and, and protocols and procedures. And uh, when the Chinese watched us win the first Gulf War and later on the second Gulf War, and we win them really quickly because we know that the uh, propaganda press is going to turn against us. There's always been fake news, but the modern fake news begins with Walter Cronkite after the Tet Offensive in Vietnam saying that it was a complete failure uh, when it was actually uh, – when it said it was a victory when actually uh, we beat them uh, completely. And that's the – and when you go from unconventional warfare to to conventional warfare, eventually that's the transition when you make your uh, move. So anyway, the Chinese looked at America and they said, you know, nobody can take – uh, America head on. And uh, and they're right, because there's never been anything like the American warrior. I'm proud to uh, have been one. Uh, so they said, we're going to instead develop a doctrine of unrestricted warfare. And this is actually an official Chinese uh, docu- uh, doctrine. And unrestricted warfare is we're not going to get into a shooting war with them. We're going to get into economic war. We're gonna, and that's where everything's made in China. We're going to get into a psychological operations, informational war, and that's movies and TV shows and Netflix. Uh, we're going to get into a biological uh, war. And that it, not, it isn't just COVID. That is also uh, all the biotech uh, that you see that the Chinese are involved in. Uh, patents, uh, there are whole cities in China. Uh, designated to stealing patents uh, worldwide. So it's a thousand uh, bytes uh, by small bytes. Um, And so that's what they are doing here. And the most obvious example of this, well, there's just so many examples, but for example, uh, early this year, the FBI actually arrested somebody. They actually arrested Dr. Lieber at Harvard because he was going to Wuhan to get his $50,000 a month payments. And he was really part of the he was part of the Thousand Talents program, which was really an overt, uh, ingenious um, espionage uh, program. And since then, there have been 50 plus uh, Chinese in America either uh, arrested or uh, thrown out uh, for that. But what you do when you want to have a source and I've run lots of sources, uh, you uh, you pay them for influence and access. Uh, and that's what they did uh, with Klobuchar and Harris. And more obviously with, with Biden, uh, the connections uh, with the Biden family with China, you know, are very obvious. Uh, but uh, 
in particular with his son Hunter, uh, they uh, and this is coming from uh, Steve Bannon is working with the new free federal state of China, and uh, there there were the three hard drives released, and there were some pictures released of Hunter having underage sex with uh, Asian uh, children, and the uh, the clip at the end said, we're sorry to show you this if it disturbs you this, but this is what the communist uh, Chinese state does. It addicts people to drugs uh, and then it uh, extorts them uh, while they're bribing them. And so there's a carrot and stick, stick approach there. And the Chinese, that's exactly what the Chinese have done. And the higher your source is placed, the more access you have. And this is the same thing with Hillary Clinton, where her server uh, not just in her basement, but in an air-conditioned doghouse with a fake dog uh, outside, was being intercepted by a Chinese intelligence storefront in Fairfax, Virginia. And that's espionage. And espionage is part of warfare. So the the entire electoral system then uh, is being tabulated by the communist Chinese. That's that's the the upshot, right? Well, there there's a, there's a mix of players. Uh, you know, there's Venezuela, uh, there's uh, Canada, there's Spain, uh, there's uh, Serbia as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, there are lots of connections between all of these bad actors because the United States has uh, lots of enemies. Because even with our faults and sins, uh, we are the light uh, of freedom uh, for uh, the free world. But essentially what you're saying, yes, is correct. All right, Jeff, we'll take a quick time out. We'll come back and continue to discuss uh, Dominion, uh, U.S. election fraud and more with Jeffrey Prather, retired Army officer and host of The Prather Point. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Next week, I'll be speaking with James Corbett from The Corbett Report about the continuing lockdown. And in the second hour, retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis will be here to discuss the election and the battle behind the scenes to save the Republic. And of course, that's what we're discussing here right now with retired U.S. Army officer and former intel analyst with the Defense Intelligence Agency, Jeffrey Prather. And uh, once again, Jeffrey, just tell us how we can listen to the Prather Point. I'm still on YouTube, uh, the Prather Point, Jeffrey Prather. I'm also on my own website, jeffreyprather.com, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, P-R-A-T-H-E-R. And I'm on Parler, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and iHeart and most podcast uh, stations as well. And uh, the books, uh, Initiation, Boys Are Born, Men Are Trained, and Chase Terror on the Border. How do we get those? Uh, those, are, those are on Amazon. Uh, and, uh, you know, Initiation deals with the source of the problem is that uh, we don't train our children for uh, spiritual and emotional adulthood anymore. And uh, First Nations people really do that excellently. And so uh, I use that as an example because I was uh, adopted and I was also trained by an Apache uh, elder. And Chase is a kind of a fact-based fiction uh, on the border of um, an evil mix of uh, terrorism and, and tra- transnational drug cartels. 
Uh, we were talking about the Chinese Communist Party and its uh, control of the Dominion voting systems. And I, I want to go back to September 2018 and an executive order uh, signed by President Trump imposing certain sanctions in the event of foreign interfe- interference in the United States election. Uh, just sort of summarize what that executive order was all about and what are the implications going forward? Well, the the um, clarion call of the left after the 2016 elections was that it was the Russians, Russians, Russians. And uh, you, you heard, uh, we all heard that through uh, Schiff and through CNN and uh, everyone else, uh, Comey. And then uh, we even heard that in the Mueller report, uh, and none of that was ever true. There was no uh, proof ever of that. That was came from uh, CrowdStrike, uh, which submitted a draft report they didn't even sign to the FBI that said that uh, the Russians hacked uh, the DNC. And that was never signed, never proven. And so going forward, of course, election security became a great concern. So Trump and uh, Department of Homeland Security started working on that on that. uh, And they put uh, things into effect to uh, be aware of that. And so that executive order uh, uh, activates uh, a time sequence and the military and the military's uh, intelligence and counterintelligence uh, to uh, be on alert for that and to take different measures. And that's very similar to the executive order that came out about human trafficking, that a- assets would be seized in human trafficking because the the deep state is run by the dark economy. And the dark economy is uh, weapons, human beings, and drugs. And so that's where we first saw that executive order come out and we started to see uh, uh, Mexico choose uh, legitimate uh, trade dollars with the United States and the new agreement uh, over uh, cartel uh, dollars, which was running uh, people and drugs. And then uh, we saw the same thing when uh, Trump negotiated from a position of strength with China because all the fentanyl uh, comes from drugs. And that's really um, chemical warfare. And drug use is really chemical slavery, uh, as is human trafficking. It's really a form of slavery. And so those are two very, very powerful uh, executive orders that are making a huge difference. Because, And what the key there is uh, with the second executive order that you mentioned, and I talked about both of these on my show, so you're really tracking uh, with what's going on, uh, is uh, that – it was foreign election interference. You know, if it's domestic, you know, it gets it gets uh, blown off as politics. Uh, but when it's foreign, that is a threat to the security of the United States of America. And Trump tweeted a while back that Biden was a national security threat. And I don't tweet a lot, but I did tweet when I saw that. I said that flips a switch that all shifts from the Department of Justice um, to the Department of Defense. Uh, And uh, right after that, we saw 
we saw a lot of stuff. We saw uh, Clinton saying uh, Biden shouldn't concede. We saw a bunch of um, generals uh, that uh, were that Obama had replaced uh, real generals and real uh, federal law enforcement heads and real intelligence heads with saying to uh, General Miley, hey, you may have to remove uh, Trump, which is for us, the civ- civilian transfer of power is what makes us unique of course. Since, since George Washington. And people used to ask me under the Obama administration, I'd be giving speeches, like, when's the military going to coup? And I'm like, we're not, because George Washington would turn over in his grave. That's not what we're about. We've never been about that. And, uh, uh, but what has happened is we have become, with our votes and voting machines going overseas into all these countries, uh, and many domestic traders selling out to foreign enemies, um, that's what that's what's happened. But that go, but as, as soon as it goes over to the foreign area, it's no longer the purview of the Department of Justice. It's the, the, it is the Department of Defense. And so uh, Trump saw this coming too, and that's when he fired Esper, and he put in Chris Miller, former Green Beret, a fifth group uh, horse soldier. Uh, and if you're, you, you or your listeners haven't um, seen the movie uh, 12 Strong or read the book Horse Soldiers, please do, because uh, Green Berets, and I'm so proud to have been on a B team uh, uh Within months, they did what the Russians could not accomplish in a decade in Afghanistan. And then, of course, then, he, then um, Ezra Cohen-Watnick, who I've out of this queue because Barr was going to indict him, uh, came forward and uh, was running JSOC and SOCOM now. Uh, and that's when we start to see the Germany raid. And that's why we see a totally separate and secure intelligence uh, cycle uh, to protect uh, the national security of the United States, including uh, the election. Okay, so let's talk about that raid on Germany, which has been uh, widely proclaimed, of course, in the mainstream media as a hoax. And just for listeners not familiar, uh, the um, the server, one of the servers for Dominion Voting System was uh, apparently stationed in Germany, in Frankfurt, Germany. The report was that um, there was a raid on the um, on the headquarters there, and there was a firefight that broke out between U.S. military and I, I believe the report was CIA. Uh, five soldiers killed, one CIA agent injured. So, tell me about this. Well, we're, we're going to break here in about a minute and a half, and we'll uh, we'll start it now, and we'll pick it up on the other side. But so, you know, why is the mainstream media so adamant that this never happened, and how do we know that in fact it did? Uh, well, the, the mainstream media has uh, censored everyone, including uh, President uh, Trump, uh, and it's you know very obvious they're saying there's no evidence of. Uh, Corruption in the election when there's tons of evidence, it's obvious, and that's because uh, the mainstream media is part of the propaganda press, which is part of the intelligence community. For example, um, the guy at CNN, um, trying to think of his name, uh, the white-haired guy. Anderson Cooper. uh, Anderson Cooper, the only place Anderson Cooper worked before CNN was at the CIA. so nobody, I think, really trusts the mainstream media anymore. Fake news has become 
uh, a local title. But I think it's Seidel that uh, out of Barcelona and Germany was there. I'm not sure that there were any Dominion uh, machines there, but they're Smartmatic uh, and Dominion uh, are connected, and it looks like they're they're all connected. Um, Smartmatic had a lied about an agreement with Dominion. And I think there's a side I can't remember a connection uh, there as well. Uh, but uh, th- that's why that was happening there. That if I answered your question correctly. Yes, we'll, uh, we'll pick up on that point uh, on the other side. We'll take a quick time out and uh, come back with Jeffrey Prather. And you're listening to The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrow. If you enjoy this program, please take a moment, visit my website, strangeplanet.ca. That's really the portal, not only to this program, but virtually everything that I do in this field. And while you're there at strangeplanet.ca, be sure to subscribe to my free monthly newsletter, Inner Sanctum, Inner Sanctum. And also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. I live stream this radio program on the YouTube channel. You can also check out my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. New episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com to subscribe. And for less than $2 per month, Conspiracy Unlimited Plus members. Gain access to my vast back catalog of nearly 500 episodes. In addition, you'll receive two commercial-free bonus episodes every month. Go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes to become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member. Again, go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Jeffrey, I just wanted to pick up on that uh, that raid in uh, Germany. So what information do you have or what s- sources? Obviously, you can't name sources, but how do we know that this really happened? Well, I'm not going to get into uh, sources uh, and methods. Uh, I think I have laid out earlier uh, why the Department of uh, Defense is involved, why Special Operations Command is involved, uh, and that Special Operations Command had to develop and Joint Special Operations Command, SOCOM at Bragg, uh, JSOC at McDill, had to develop their own uh, line of intelligence. And when the raid was being briefed, CIA and uh, DOJ and FBI were not included in that because it's overseas uh, and because it is a threat to uh, security. But uh, I'm not I'm not going to or won't re- uh, reveal any proof of that. But multiple sources uh, confirm that it did happen. There is debate about uh, casualties, and I'm certainly not going to talk about that. I am hearing that it was um, CIA personnel that were KIA or or WIA. But you're confident, based on everything that you know and heard, that this, in fact, did take place? I am. What do we, or what do you, anticipate going forward, again, with this executive order against 
foreign interference in an election. What else do we expect to see happen in the next few days or weeks? Well, there are patriots coming forward, all kinds of patriots saying, hey, I witnessed election fraud. And so there's kind of two teams that are going forward here. There is the Giuliani team, uh, which is basically on the defensive and looking at um, the law enforcement uh, uh, angle of this and going through the states and not really particularly worried about anything happening in the lower courts because we've seen, just like uh, General Flynn's case, just got tied up with Sullivan over uh, ridiculous um, just to keep delaying it. And we've watched the FBI perjure themselves and lie and, and sl- do a slow drip of uh, FOIA freedom of information requests. So uh, ne- neither Giuliani or, nor Powell are worried about presenting their whole case. Uh, they're fine with getting stuff dismissed because the the point is to get to the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court now has a slim majority of constitutionalists uh, there. So evidence that has not been uh, presented in a previous trial can then be introduced because when you get to the Supreme Court, it's never about introducing new evidence. Um, It's only about points of law if precedent uh, was correctly decided. On the military and intelligence and um, and so that's why you see the Giuliani stuff is mostly about election fraud witnesses domestically, CONUS, continental United States, then OCONUS on, uh, outside the continental United States. That's the Powell team, and that was Powell talking about the Germany raid and that w- and talking about Kraken, uh, which is um, a, another. It's a unit. It's a three hundred fifth. And it's also um, a algorithmic cyber weapon as well to real-time record the vote-changing ratios ah. that that people like Dr. Shiva have laid out uh, well, let me just, in let detail. Me just, let me just interject there. That's interesting. So when Sidney Powell, who's an, un, an unofficial member of the Trump legal team, uh, when she said we're going to release the Kraken, that that word has meaning. You're saying that that's the, that's the name of a special operation. Th- that is a cyber um, cyber uh, tool weapon and tool. Yes, and Sidney Powell has never been on the Trump team. That's that it's propaganda press, uh, false information. Okay, so there's a domestic. Uh, there's domest- There's CONUS and OCONUS. There's law enforcement and there's military. They're two separate teams focused on two de- separate things. They're working together, uh, but they are separate. All right. When we come back, I want to ask you, uh, you know, who's sort of wearing the, the, the white hats and who, who are wearing the black hats? Because Bill Barr, the De- Department of Justice, they, he said that they've, they've, there's no evidence of voter fraud as far as he can tell or election fraud. Uh, the FBI, we know, of course, what transpired over the last four years with them. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll dig into that a little bit when we come back. Jeffrey Prather, my guest right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Jeffrey, once again, how do we listen to your radio program? Uh, I'm still on YouTube. I'm on Periscope. And you can go to my website, jeffreyprather.com. J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-P-R-A-T-H-E-R.com. Bill Barr, Department of Justice, said, as far as he can see, there is no evidence of election fraud. Why did he say that? Was he trying to distance himself? Is he deep state? What's going on there? 
Well, Bill Barr goes back to the CIA. Bill Barr goes back to uh, Waco. Uh, I was actually in uh, firearms instructor school at the FBI Academy uh, for the DA back when Waco was happening. And from my um, First Nation uh, heritage, uh, you know, I said, I don't know what's going on there, but I know those women and kids shouldn't be burned alive having, you know, uh, known about um, thousands of First Nation uh, women and kids being slaughtered. Uh, over the years, and he defended that action. After and then afterwards, the FBI bulldozes the uh, evidence uh, into the fire, destroying evidence. Uh, he also defended the Ruby Ridge uh, sniper, and I knew that sniper from the HR, uh, FBI HRT team, Lauren Horiuchi. So when he came in, we were hoping that he had uh, changed, but he said we'd hear something spring or summer from Durham. We didn't hear anything, and then before the elections, he said we'd hear nothing. Uh, and, you know, this should be the biggest case the FBI has ever worked. But all we've seen from the FBI after Libra's arrest was we've seen them um, cover up Las Vegas. We've seen them shoot shoot people and shoot themselves in bars. Um, and, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the FBI and the CIA – uh, are done. And I've, I know the hero of the FBI gunfight in Miami, Ed Morales, personal friend of mine. I went to the FBI Academy, worked with lots of CIA guys, uh, you know, been, been there. But uh, Obama really, uh, really destroyed those. They were, they were on the way out for a long time. A lot of deep state stuff starts under Reagan and Oliver North with cocaine, uh, Contras and cash. Arkansas, which is where I kind of got my start in covert operations. Um, uh, but uh, I, my information was that uh, Barr was intending to indict Ezra uh, as Q. And if you'll recall, the FBI recently said Q is uh, dangerous and uh, Dorsey and all the platforms um, censored them. And there's no evidence that they've ever done anything like that. And meanwhile, Blantifa uh, is allowed to murder, rape, uh, loot, and that's all fine and blind on and blamed on uh, right wing uh, supremacists. So, what aside from the military, and I suppose that would be enough. But who who else are on Trump's side? What about the U.S. Marshals Service? Yeah, I think the U.S. Marshals Service. I know some uh, marshals personally. They're doing great work and. How we can tell is they're rescuing kids. Uh, the FBI is indicting Chinese just like they indicted Russians, and then they dismissed the indictments because they were Russian bots. Uh, but the U.S. Marshals every week is a rescu- rescuing more kids. Uh, so I'd say, you know, black hat, white hat uh, is uh, FBI versus U.S. Marshals and the intelligence community. Uh, and it's not quite that simple. You know, there's good guys and bad guys on both sides, but I'd say CIA versus uh, DIA uh, is black hats versus uh, white hats again. And part of that is because the CIA comes from the, um, the elite coast, you know, Yale, Harvard stuff, like the State Department guys and the uh, DIA guys are, you know, working class blue collar patriots uh, from the heartland. So how do you see this, uh, the path forward? Let's say... Uh Aside from a, you know a military op- option or an, an emergency powers option, uh, do you see a path forward through the Supreme Court? Let's say, for example, uh, decertifying uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia. How do you see that playing out? Let's let's talk about the courts first of all. 
Well, there, I mean, Lynn Wood is calling for um, uh, emergency powers, uh, you know, like uh, Lincoln declared uh, martial law. I don't see that. And, uh, you know, I'm not certainly, you know, as a veteran, I'm certainly not calling for uh, war or violence. There's um, waypoints. The next waypoint, the first waypoint was the certification of the election votes. Uh, and the next waypoint uh, is December uh, 14th or 15th, uh, where the Electoral College uh, voters vote. And there's 30 states that have Republican state legislatures that can uh, appoint the Electoral College voters, which makes us a republic, not a democracy, which all the propaganda press and um, Pundits and politicians love to call us a democracy, and the founders hated democracy. We're supposed to be a republic, and the electoral college voters make that the difference. So that's the next waypoint. Uh, and then after that um, is the Supreme Court, and then after that is the inauguration. So there's several waypoints, but getting to the Supreme Court uh, is probably – because a lot of rhinos, uh, Republican name only, um, have been corrupted. We saw that right here in my state of uh, Arizona, uh, where the Republicans didn't do anything. Um, and Governor uh, Ducey, Governor Ducey believes he has the the authority to certify a vote, which he clearly does not. That has to be done by the state legislature. Right. So there are exactly uh, so, and a lot of these lockdown orders have been deemed illegal. So. Uh, I think at the Supreme, I think there, there's waypoints in between, but the biggest waypoint, which is still not necessarily an end point, um, all is not lost at the Supreme Court, but um, uh, there's a lot of evidence. Uh, well, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I spent one year in law school before I came to my senses, so. Uh, <laughs> there's you don't you know it's not a trial at the supreme court but uh but there's a lot of evidence witnesses uh to present uh and that could lead to i think it would go back to to lower courts i'm not sure how that would would play out legally but i also think there's um some military people that would come forward uh as witnesses and uh the american people you know rate Congress are, I think, under 10% and the Senate under 10%. They have a high regard for Trump because he cares about them, but they have their highest regard for the military. So if you have um, uh, credible career uh, special operations and intelligence military people come forward, I think that's going to be along with all of the evidence of voter fraud and along with the hundreds of testimony uh, from um, – uh, canvassers and uh, and folks who were supposed to be able to witness the election, uh, that creates a whole nother um, way to stop the steal. And uh, how confident uh, are you, or nervous as the case may be, about about Trump prevailing? Uh, I'm confident. I'm I'm very confident um, that he will prevail. Uh, 
you know, for down through the ages, uh, you know, the Xerxes thought that uh, slaying the 300 at uh, the hot gates at Thermopylae would be the end of it. Uh, Pilate in the Roman Empire thought that just another crucifixion will take care of this. Uh, Santa Anna thought uh, the, the Alamo falling would be uh, the end. Uh, this is far from over. How profound, profoundly put. Jeffrey, what a pleasure meeting you, and I hope you'll join me again sometime. Thank you so much. Again, the Prather Point on uh, YouTube and uh, the website, Jeffrey Prather. That's P-R-A-T-H-E-R, JeffreyPrather.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. My thanks to Ryan White and Carlos Kajina and all of you for listening. Back next week with James Corbett from the Corbett Report and Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. And what I say in a whisper, proclaim from the rooftops. Move over, Aphrodite, I'm coming home. Good night.